Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com, and we have a free trial for you. If you go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you can sign up for a free trial to audible.com where you can go exploring not only the audiobooks, but all the other content that is available to you. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to, and that's because of the guests. These are people with expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Mina is a product business expert with a vast knowledge of Amazon and product-based growth strategies. She has an MBA and over 15 years of entrepreneurial experience. Mina and Jacqueline Snyder are the combined force behind the Product Boss Podcast. They've grown a community of high-achieving, product-based small business owners and have helped them scale their physical product businesses through masterminds, group coaching, and digital courses designed specifically for product-based business owners ranging from startup conception to multi-million dollar companies. Together, their goal is to change the landscape of product entrepreneurship by connecting women around the world through a blend of real-life business tactics, creative strategy, and modern leadership. Thanks so much for joining me today, Mina. Thanks so much for having me, Diane. Absolutely. Uh, so, Mina, let's talk about small business. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, surviving through COVID and, and you know, all of the, these challenges. But I am where I'd like to start is I am curious about why you feel small businesses are the backbone of the economy. 
Well, it's not just me, Diane. The the small businesses are really, um, they're considered the backbone because there's nothing comparable to it that can stimulate an economy. It starts with the small businesses, which is why when you see government stimuluses or, or anything that happens when a, an economy starts to dip, they invest in small businesses because the small businesses do most of the hiring. They do something like 44% nationally, and they also um, reinvest into their local communities, which stimulate, stimulate the economy for national uh, economies as well as global economies. So it really is a domino effect, and it all starts with the small business, which is super important. Yeah, boy, no kidding. Okay, so... Um, I think it's fair to say that there have been a number of small businesses that have been challenged and have been struggling over the the past year or so. And so I'm wondering, um, like, what are some quick things that they, the, the business owners, the small business owners can do to turn their luck around, you know, when it comes to sales and customer engagement? Well, I think last year for a lot of us, it was either we saw actually a lot of businesses thrive as well as far as product-based businesses. We also saw some in certain industries that had to survive, like you had mentioned before, Diane. And it really, now that we're moving out of that all survival mode, uh, what we're really having our small businesses focus on right now is stabilizing. So now that we've pulled out of survival mode, we either go into stabilize or scale. And it really moves in between those two buckets for our small business owners where um, some of them were thriving last year, they kind of have to reassess, right? What does their messaging look like now? Where did their sales come from for 2020? Uh, What does their customer need from them right now? So all of that is just a uh, re-stabilization of what their business could do now that we're out of extreme uncertainty, right? We we have moved out of 2020 and we're we're looking to um, be more hopeful about what the future could have. And we've been through it, right? We know what happens when um, local can shut down, what that looks like. Yeah, I think that is such a good point. Uh, a lot of it has to do with our perspective and our mindset, right? So if we mm-hmm. say, okay, I, I, this has been going on for this long and I just have to keep moving forward. There are things that I can do. Then it changes the, the um, script from, oh, uh, how am I going to get through this? You know, yes. what in the world is go- is going to happen next? So, yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. It was really scary, though. You know, I think that we saw the initial reaction was either to freeze or to uh, take imperfect action, whatever that looked like, right? Because nobody knew what was going to happen. And the people that did take imperfect action and they they decided to show up and we encourage all of our small businesses to keep selling because they are indeed so important as the backbone of the businesses, but their initial reactions sometimes were to freeze. They didn't know what to do. And so we would kind of push them along, but really the ones that, did not stay in that frozen mode of not taking that step forward were the ones that ended up having a significant year, whether it was, um, you know, that they were thriving or that they learned lots of lessons on what they could do when they needed to get really scrappy. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, One of the things that I talk about a lot is are there, ways that you can modify your product 
or service so that it is valuable to a, a whole other audience. You know, we've seen that with, um, you know, masks is just a simple example mm-hmm. that for the longest time, only very specific uh, demographics needed them. Now, all of a sudden, everybody needs them. So mm-hmm. if right, if we're paying attention, there may be things that we can do to even open ourselves up to whole new markets and whole, you know, other ways of gathering revenue. Yes, absolutely. I think it's about really being relevant to your customer, mass being one of them, right? So when we saw people doing mass, it was was because the customer needed them. And so we also saw people doing hand sanitizer, lots of breweries because they had like alcohol and they had all the makings of that ended up making hand sanitizer, for example, apparel companies made uh, mass, like what you said, and um, people just made it more relevant, their messaging had to be relevant. So even if you were selling pillows, for example, how could you speak to your customer about why that matters to them right now? Well, they're spending so much time at home. What does that look like? We also saw like jewelry companies do uh, like raw goods and make kits. So the experience of making the jewelry was something they could do while they were stuck at home with their kids or by themselves or over Zoom or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, boy, those are great examples. Yeah, right? You have to get creative and look yes. at it and go, well, what is the need now? Because yeah. it's changed a little bit. Yeah. You have to tell them why they need it, right? Most of us yeah. were so overwhelmed. We couldn't even think about why do I need this or why do I not need this? So when product companies or any small business um, businesses were showing up, they just actually had to be the thinker of, okay, this is why you need it. And it would solve somewhat of a problem for them, even if it was you know, being at home and being surrounded by lovely things or um, creating an experience that they weren't getting outside the house because they missed their coffee shop or whatever it was. Um, you had to matter to the customer. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about getting the message out. Talk to me about digital marketing and how important you think it's going to be this year and moving on. So important. Um, That was one thing that we really saw was that in when people were selling things, mostly they would sell them, whether it be, you know, in person locally or at trade shows or gift marts or whatever, but in person was closed. And so they actually had to move online immediately. It was a hard shift for a lot of people. And we're talking service-based people too, because instead of meeting clients out in, you know, the real world, they had to meet them online. And so everybody had to think about their virtual presence. And so what does that look like? And so a lot of times it really is telling your customer and making them aware that come over here, this is where we are now, right? This is my website. This is my social media. Showing up and, and selling to them, whether it be socially on the internet or um, having a website or being on other platforms like uh, Amazon or wherever it is, showing up online, but letting your customers know where to find you when it comes to the online presence because they, they don't know what they don't know. That was something that we really saw when... Um, people, consumers, everybody wanted to support small businesses, they actually weren't sure where to go, right? And so they weren't sure where to find people online. 
which led us to building out um, a small business directory. Jacqueline, my business partner, and I, we did um, shopfromasmallbiz.com, which leads you to a directory of 600 small businesses that you could shop from. And that was over the holidays. It's still there now. And it's so you have a place to go. And we also started a pledge called the Shop One in Five Pledge, which is a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business. Because we saw people wanted to do that. They just weren't sure how to bring it into their lifestyle and what to do to take action on it. And the thing, the next step that you have to do for your customer is tell them where you are online. Otherwise, they just don't know. Right. It's so true. I love that whole uh shopfromasmallbiz.com. That, that, yes. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that. And, you know, you were reminding me of, I, there's, there's a woman I know here in Cleveland who has a consignment shop, um, mm-hmm. furniture and, and, you know, pictures and stuff. Uh, and when the pandemic hit, she had to make that shift. And so she took pictures of everything in her store. She put it up on the internet into an online store, and then she just started sharing. And she ended up with some new target audiences because, like, millennials love to shop online. Yes. And they were not yeah. her audience before, right? So yeah. it, it just makes perfect sense. I mean, they're accustomed to it. Um, I think we saw every generation have to adopt a new way of life, whether it was yeah. from baby boomers to Gen X to millennials, everybody had to adopt a new way of life. And I will tell you, Diane, that it's not going back. I mean, my mom, who is well into baby boomer, is not going to do grocery shopping in a store unless she can do it in certain hours, for example, right? So we've already adopted it. COVID is what forced us to do this new way of life. And now people are probably not going to go back to how it used to be, right? We always knew online was going to be strong, but now it's, it's really pushed small business owners to be really creative and to meet their customers' needs, however they need to meet them. You know, um, right. your, your friend, the, the example of that could be, we saw a lot of people that same as her had items, whether it be large or not, but a lot of them, they, they would take photos, like what you said, and then they would start showing up online. So they would just show up and it was like, they, they, the reason why she was able to sell in person was usually probably because of her. She's probably a great, you know, salesperson. Right. And so she had to transfer that online. And the easiest way to do that is a video. Even though people are petrified of video, you just have to do it. You know, (laughs) we're getting on zoom and, you know, Instagram or whatever it is. And so we even saw businesses that had brick and mortars that they would bring all their items into like the basement. I saw one woman that it was her husband's wood shop and it was nothing fancy at all. It literally is concrete walls. And she just would show, here's what I have and here's the price. And it really went back to, you know, what's the simplest way I can sell to people that would transfer that experience of being in person online instead. Oh, I so love that because it is, it is, you know, it gets rid of that, that myth that it has to be really buttoned up and yes. it has to be really professional and you have to spend so much money because it's really about the authenticity of you mm-hmm. show up as you and that's yeah. what resonates with your client base. It is. People demanded it in 2020 before people did enjoy kind of like the highlight reel and things being curated and beautiful and perfect. It was like, they got to see this other world. And then 2020 happened. And then we had our kids around our spouses. We had to make do with whatever imperfections, right. And, you know, making things happen. And it offered all of us a grace of, 
you know, even Jimmy Fallon had his kids crawling on him on, you know, late night TV, for example, from his house. And so now the online world has changed and people love to see this real authentic small business owner that they might not have wanted to see before. Boy, it's so true. And I love that word, Grace. I've been saying that as well, you know, that we really, because we're all in the same situation. Yes. So we have to, you know, I, I want people to cut me a little bit of slack. So oh yeah, I, I have to do the same thing. Yes. And people, that's what they want. You know, that's why we're so kind of intrigued and gravitated towards uh, reality TV. Well, now we get to see behind the scenes of, you know, small business owners, but it isn't perfect. And that's what makes us bond with everybody. Uh, when we were showing up, the people that really stuck with us were the ones that felt like, oh, I'm glad they don't show up perfectly all the time because it, it yeah. didn't feel real enough to them. Right. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about content because th- this is what's weird for me. We, we end up in this totally online world all of a sudden. So now people who resisted it before are flocking to, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook, whatever. And, mm-hmm. of course, they know content is king, queen. You've you got to have content out there. But how does a company create or curate content in a way that really resonates with their customers, you know, outside of the noise? How, how do they elevate themselves? I think it's so hard as some a small business because you're wearing so many hats. And that is actually the, like the number one question we get from our um, clients and our um, audience is what do I say to my customers? Because you don't want to be saying buy now, buy now, buy now, right? Um, you want to yeah. create some sort of connection. So we really teach the three C's of content. So this can be applied to anybody with a product business, anybody in a service-based business. Okay. So, uh, the first way is, um, thinking of it as calendar content. So what's top of mind for a product-based business, it could be Valentine's day is coming up. Mother's day. You're talking about the things that are on calendar, even service-based, right? Because service-based you're, though you're offering a service, you still want to relate to them. And they think about those things. They think about, Game of Thrones coming up and winter is coming or football season is coming up. So those are things based off of a calendar. Then we move into the second bucket, which is conversational. This is how you actually should be showing up online is the conversation because it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And so when you move that online, you have to remember that you're looking for engagement and small touch points and social media is made for that. So This could look like on Instagram stories, like doing a poll. It could be asking them, hey, drop into the comments. um, You know, what's your favorite uh, morning routine uh, drink? Um, It has to be very simple. Okay. So nothing like what's your dream in the next five years. It's more like coffee or tea, (laughs) um, you know, apple or orange, right? Something really simple that they uh, resonate with. And then the last bucket is probably what people get stopped up on. And that is cornerstone content. So cornerstone content is usually long form and it is content that matters to you as a business owner, your pillar content, as well as why it would matter to your customer. So this could be how to do certain things or how these, uh, 
you know, ingredients benefit you. It's stuff that is usually evergreen, right? That matters now, but ingredients or how to do something or why you should have a website or, or any of those things are usually evergreen, meaning it matters now and in the future, in the long term. And so that is where you create the content, but it has to matter to your customer too, right? So if you're a real estate company, it might be something like the things that you should think about when you're making your first purchase of a home, something like that, right? And yeah. um, because that would matter to them, but it probably right. isn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what other things would be irrelevant, <laughs> but it has to matter, right? Like um, sources of how to get your snow scooped in the wintertime would be a good one too, because we think about that. You're thinking about the, the thorns in the side that your customer has that you could speak to, but that matter to you as a business owner as well. Right. So um, that's what cornerstone content is. And then it makes it really easy for you to um, come up with things out of those three buckets. Well, thank you for that. And, and what do you say to people who say, okay, but if I share all of that content, then the, the prospect's not going to need me. They're, you know, especially like on a service based side, you know, they're not going to hire mm-hmm. me because I just gave all of the information to them. Well, um, we, we do sometimes get that, right? We think that, well, if I give it to them, but you're only giving them a fraction, right? You're speaking around it. So let's say you're, you are a real estate person. You're just giving them value. And oftentimes you're just reinforcing what you're telling them, but people, Jacqueline and I, for example, we're service-based because we coach product-based businesses, right? We give so much value. And then that, when they see the value we're giving, we actually attract our ideal customer because it's people who enjoy the way we speak, the people who enjoy our coaching, the, you know, they would know that when they get into our circle, they enjoy the service that we provide. Um, And it's because we give out free things. It's because they have validated for them. I do want to quote unquote buy from them, even though it's a service that they validated for me that I have that bond with them. So it really is not about, oh, you're just giving everything away for free. We certainly sell courses, but we teach on all of those things. And you're just giving them the, the reasons and the why and the with you, right? There's, there's lots of service-based people out there. You, you have to prove that you are the one for them. Yeah, right. Thanks for that. I, I agree with that. And, and they get an opportunity to see that you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, how you show up. Are you someone who they feel a resonance with? So yeah, it's yeah. great. Uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then we will continue. Accelerate Your Business Growth is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And while you probably know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, you might not know about the other content. There are podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations, and so much more. So we're offering you a free trial so you can check it out for yourself. Go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, get that free trial, and go exploring. Check out all of that content and notice how much of a time saver it is because you're all on one platform. You can access all of that content, all from one place. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. 
Today we're speaking to Mina Kunlo Tap. Boy, I hope I just did that right. Uh, oh, good. About small business survival strategies through COVID-19 and beyond. Okay. Now, I think it's fair to say, though I do remember 2008 and 2009, I still think this economic and social climate is unlike any we've seen altogether at the same time, right? And then throw mm-hmm. politics in there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Are there things that small business owners should be wary of as we continue moving into 2021? I think so. I was, uh, I started one of my businesses out of t- 2008 during the, that recession, right? A lot of innovation gets born out of recession. The thing that was different for 2020, just like you said, there was added politics. There was also across the board industries that the economies, uh, it was really hard across the board, everybody, every industry, whereas 2008, it was select industries, right? So it was real estate and banking and cars, that sort of thing. So it definitely forced us for 2020, though innovation will get born out of uh, 2020 for sure. Like we're seeing even social media platforms starting to form because people want connection, for example. Also in, I believe it was Uber, and lots of things that were born out of 2008. So we're going to see that happen again. For the things to be wary of and to be um, cautious of, um, I would say now that we know anything is possible as far as like a pandemic happening, the things that you can do are probably is probably as a small business owner to, is to get somebody's email. That's a very actionable thing to do. So now that you're building, whether your service, whether your product, you should be getting people's email addresses, building up their emails. So even in times of like platforms being down, doors being closed, in-person events being um, turned off, you have their email addresses and you can still continue your business because you own those emails. So I think that is really important about being really wary of that you don't own any of these platforms clearly, but you do own your email list. Wow, that, that, that is huge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's huge because that's how then you stay in contact with people. Absolutely. Right. And we already know that well, we never thought that all those industries, all those things would happen at once that would shut down lots of businesses. We are, were able to get online, but you're starting from ground zero sometimes. But if you have email addresses, you already have people you're speaking to. Right. Right. So you can keep speaking to them and yes. keep, you know, stay in front of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is huge. Um, excuse me. So before the break, you know, we were talking about some stuff and I mentioned uh, how some companies have realized that they can tweak their offerings so that then they are uh, valuable to other industries. And and you mentioned the hand sanitizer, which is such a good point, right? These distilleries, Mm -hmm. well, they still can make alcohol, but they can also make hand sanitizer. So my question comes down to um, multiple streams of income um if like i'd like to get your feedback on what you think small businesses should be looking for you know should they be establishing additional revenue streams should they be careful about that what what are your thoughts 
I am a firm believer in diversification always, but with caution. Um, I think that you should only diversify after you figured out what your bestseller is. So Jacqueline and I, again, my business partner, we teach around this idea of a bestseller, right? It's the thing that you are known for that everybody will buy all day long. It's been validated because they have voted with their wallets and they've paid you for it. Lots of times with any business, we are so creative that we're like, I want to try this. I want to try this. I'm going to throw spaghetti at the wall. And it feels like we need to be doing more things to reach more people when we actually just need to do the thing that we know sells to everybody. There's billions of people out there that you could sell one thing to. And it's the way we've seen small businesses grow is that they really focus on their bestseller. Then they, they diversify in the platforms that they lead the bestseller, um, they lead with the bestseller. So what that means is if your bestseller is, um, is uh, let's pretend lavender, lavender apple candles, right? Let's just pretend, I mean, I don't know, that seems a little bit outrageous, but let's pretend that's what it is. Then you look at the numbers and you say, okay, they really like this. I'm going to do variations on that. It could be lavender mint, it could be lavender, uh, whatever it is, or it could be two packs of this, or it could be bundles, right? You're still leading with that lavender because you're like, ooh, they really, really like this lavender apple or variations of this. What most people do is they'll be like, ooh, they really like this candle. And now I'm going to create incense. I'm going to create jewelry or whatever it is. And that's where they get into trouble because their money is distributed at that time and their time because product development is really difficult. Same with service. If you have a product offering, let's say here's what I sell um, that I will do this service for you, this website package. If you're like, I could do website package or I could do um, SEO or I could do um, email for you. It's really, really hard for your customer to know why they need you or why they should refer you. So once you figure out your bestseller, then you di diversify it. That's what you were talking about, Diana, of, of multiple streams of revenue. If you're a product-based business, you can get it onto Amazon. You can get it into wholesalers like boutiques and that sort of thing. You could get it direct to consumer on your own website. You could put it on Etsy. It's a diversification knowing already that you have something very solid to lead with. So even when you're going to a boutique, you can say, this is my bestseller. This is your starting bundle that's built around it. And we know that it will sell for you because it's sold for us a ton. And we want to make this a partnership, right? That's the idea of diversification with a very solid strategy. Wow. I really like that a lot because that sounds to me like you're just diversifying distribution points. Yes. It is, as opposed to, right? As opposed to products, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Because then you know, it's it's you. You've already have something tested and validated, and your customers love it. You become known for it. You have so many stories, testimonials, everything around this bestseller because people want it from you, and you already know that. And you actually, you know, I'm actually very much an introvert, but when I talk about things that are like my bestsellers or things I'm very passionate about there's a clarity and a focus for me. I can really speak on them very well. The same thing happens with you as a business owner on your bestsellers. You just have more clarity when you're speaking on them and you're just more confident. And so that really helps in creating this snowball that you can really um, uh, make bigger and bigger. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. <clears throat> I feel like there's structure around that. There's strategy mm -hmm. around it. So you can, mm -hmm. 
see what works and what doesn't work, and you right. come up with a plan of action. Yeah, boy. And you're not, as you said, you're you're not taking your funds and putting them into something that is just going to be expensive for right. a period of time. Right. Even when it's not expensive, right? Just imagine the time and the money that goes into new product, new offerings, new talking about something to your audience. It's just a lot. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And when your focus shifts, you could see a downturn in what sells, what before was selling well, because you're not paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. A confused customer never buys. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so why do you think it's important for small business owners to find a community of other entrepreneurs? Oh, this is extremely important. Whether you're introvert, extrovert, products, well, you just need to find your people. Entrepreneurship is is hard mentally, physically. It also is like in the family life, it's a lot when you're an entrepreneur. So unless you find people who just get it, like if you try to talk to somebody who is your cousin or your uncle or your friends locally, and they don't understand what it means to be an entrepreneur, you always feel like this disconnect. But when you have a community around you, it gives you the support you need on those good days and bad days so you can keep moving forward because it's a mental game as much as it is a doing the things you need to do. You know, it helps you keep going. And the way that you do that is just not feeling alone in it. And so when you find a community, you just don't feel alone. It's not like you have to be talking to them every day, but the isolation of an entrepreneur, especially if you don't have any friends that are entrepreneurs around you, can be... It, it can make you want to quit on those bad days when, when you really essentially don't want to quit. It's just that you feel lonely. Yeah, I think that is so important. I know that last year, um, you know, life was challenging in my business. It was also challenging in my life, which I think mm-hmm. happened to a lot of people. And I had a community. I mean, I still have them, but I, you know, got into this community where I I was religious about attending these Wednesday afternoon calls because it was such a lifeline because Mm -hmm. there was that understanding and support and commiseration and and all those things. So you don't feel like you're alone. And and as much as I have people in my life who love me, they're not business owners, right? So they don't Mm -hmm. get it. And that's okay, but Mm -hmm. right, right. You can't be supported by them in the right way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. You have expectations on them that they, you know, you want them to react in a certain way and yeah. it's hard for them because they don't get it. They don't know what they don't know and they don't know what it's like to have risk or uh, become an entrepreneur. I mean, it's very brave of people to become entrepreneurs and when they find their community, it's like something um, emotionally fills up for them when their expectation might've been from somebody else that wasn't within that same, they just, they, they couldn't give it to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't support you. They just, mm-hmm. they, they have no frame of reference, right? Yeah. They just don't get yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Right. So Mina, if there's one thing you would like our listeners to leave this interview with, what would you hope that it is? 
So one of the things that we really push, and I love what you, your story of, you know, how you showed up every day with your community. Um, The one thing that we saw really help everybody was us pushing them to show up. And it does not mean showing up once. It means showing up over and over and over again. And even though people would show up and they thought, oh, I shouldn't show up without my makeup on, or I shouldn't show up, you know, polish or anything. We push them to, to just show up anyways, you know, whether or not they're uncomfortable and practice showing up because it created a bond with all the people that ended up showing up with them. So that really helps everybody out of 2020 because not only were they able to practice their skill set of being an entrepreneur, but even the people that, for instance, um, you know, they may maybe have closed down their boutique, but other people that were their retailers, you know, product owners in their um, shop would call in and check on them and they remember them because they remember them showing up for them. And so whether or not you're scared to show up, you definitely should show up. It's a win-win. It's scary. It's uncomfortable at first sometimes, but when you do show up and you keep showing up, it'll really build your business. It will build your skill set, and it'll build your relationships. And then no matter what, it'll be beneficial. Oh, yeah, I think that's great. I, I really do. And, and there was such an opportunity to just be there for people. Mm-hmm. and listen and support and, you know, connect them to resources if that's what they needed. But with all that isolation, showing up and being there and, and helping other people do it, you know, encouraging mm-hmm. other people to do it is, yeah, I love that. That is great. Well, I so appreciate you spending this time with me and, and having this conversation. Will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, how they can find your podcast, courses, you know, everything you've got going on? So you can find us a lot of time spending time on Instagram. That's at the product boss. So don't forget that the, at the beginning, it's the product boss. We also are anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and it's the product boss podcast, anywhere you search for that or anywhere you listen. And then you can also go to the That's our website. And then again, make sure you check out um, the pledge that I was talking about earlier. And that is shop one. That's the number one in five, which is the number five. So again, shop one in five.com. And that's the pledge to support small businesses. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for, for doing that. I, I think that is huge and i'll make sure that is in the show notes as well along with uh shop from a small biz.com i'll put that in there too perfect so thank you very much listeners thank you as you know you are who we are doing this for i'd also like to thank our sponsor to get a free trial of audible.com and explore all of the audio content that is available to you just go to audibletrial.com business growth to sign up and get your sales strategy headed in the right direction by picking up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies. Making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. (laughs) COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. 
But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.